This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living, with our first story for today's finale episode, written by Natalie Mertz, Heaven Must Have Sent You. Once upon a time, when I was in college, I had a college romance. Like everything about my college years, this relationship was challenging, exhilarating, unstable, and fueled by Manhattan specials and cigarettes. And I stayed in it for too long. I'm not blaming the other person for the chaos. I fed the fire just as much. Out of my misery in this relationship, I started to daydream of a relationship that left me feeling warm and cared for. It was pretty easy to imagine this alternate relationship of love and ease because all I had to do was imagine the opposite of what I was experiencing. And so it began, unconsciously at first, that I was putting my order into the universe. Most quiet moments on walks or riding in a car, I was visualizing, dreaming of what I really wanted. What would a typical date look like? What did it feel like when we just coexisted on a quiet Sunday evening? The slow and tender care we actually showed each other. I think I did this visualization exercise for a few years while I was in the relationship and finally when it faded slowly out of my life. A year after we broke up, during my visualization daydreams, a new sensation happened. A vision that my thoughts towards this new person had solidified into matter. My thoughts had created a comet, somewhere far out in the galaxy, and it was headed my way. With this new image in my mind, I would tune into the comet's progress from time to time, and I could sense it getting closer to me. And so I went about my life and continued to bask in the warm picture of finding a great partner. More visions and messages in my meditations came to me. One time swimming in a friend's pool, I could feel this person swimming with me. In another meditation, I saw this person. It was very dark, but I could see they had dark hair and green eyes. I've never had such vivid visualizations in my meditations before or since. It was wild. During this time, I also got an overwhelming sense that I was going to have a guest over at my apartment. This was odd since I rarely had guests over. I lived in a studio apartment deep in Brooklyn at the time, and most of my friends weren't interested in the schlep to my neighborhood, especially if they had lived in Manhattan. So guests were extremely rare. The feeling that someone was coming over was so strong that even late at night, it felt as if someone would knock on my door any minute. So instead of holding my breath and waiting for the door to buzz, I cleaned. I tidied my little studio apartment. I bought snacks and drinks to have on hand. I arranged the little furniture I had to make it comfortable for a guest. I made room in my closet for them to hang their coat and put their shoes. I made space for someone in my life. After a summer of visualizing, meditating, and just enjoying my freedom, I was riding the subway home one night and I asked Spirit, when will I meet him? And I got an immediate, clear response. He's on his way. And with that, I allowed myself to get excited, lean back, and trust that Mr. Green Eyes was in route. Halloween is a big deal to me and friends from art school. Keeping the tradition started in college, we would march in Halloween parade up 6th Ave every year and milk every Halloween party and opportunity to dress up that we could. We spent all of October gathering materials, visiting all the thrift shops on 23rd Street and the Garment District for trimmings, sequins, and glitter. 
then assemble, sew, and hot glue our outfits together. Earlier that year, I saw on TV Diana Ross's iconic performance in Central Park in 1983, where a wild thunderstorm came over the concert and Miss Ross, in all her Issey McKay bodysuit and chiffon cape glory, glided through the rain and wind like a sorceress. After watching that, I became totally obsessed with her and couldn't think of any other costume I wanted to recreate for Halloween. I made a bodysuit out of tights and sequined the whole damn thing all weekend. The final product came out great, but no one knew who I was, which was fine by me. The costume was so specific from 30 years past, plus my skin tone and her hair texture is very different from Diana Ross, which I didn't try to mimic. I was content inhabiting the spirit of her and the epic performance that day in Central Park. I went to the party with my friend Aaron, who was so proud of his costume and just wanted to parade around the party getting his picture taken, which I was not interested in. So I split and went off on my own to the dance floor and enjoyed the good music and the costumed characters around me. After a while, I went outside to find my friends. They were sitting outside chatting with other folks at the party, and there was this one boy talking to my friend Lauren. When Lauren noticed that her ex was at the party, she quickly disappeared to find, hide from him. And this guy and I started talking. Now, I don't drink or partake in any party favors, so whenever I go to parties, especially as it gets later in the night, I'm kind of on my own. But this night, I ended up talking all evening with the guy, who was dressed in Guy Fox, the masked dissenter portrayed in the movie V for Vendetta. We talked about everything. Art, movies, spirituality. Again, I can't tell you as someone who is sober how rare this is. To have an intelligent and fun conversation at a party. At the end of the night, with both our phones dead, I wrote my phone number on a pizza box in eyeliner. By some miracle, the eyeliner held up and he was able to reach me and we started to go out and make a connection slowly. All my previous relationships began and progressed at lightning speed. A mix of infatuation, confusing physical intimacy for trustworthiness and emotional connection. But with Dan, it was slow. I didn't get the schoolgirl heart palpitations whenever we saw each other, but I always had a great time with him on dates. We actually dated. After a few months of dating, I was alone in my apartment thinking about him, and I remembered the vision I had in the summer of the man with green eyes and dark hair. Lo and behold, that was Dan. Holy moly. I knew something was different and special about dating Dan. Almost nine years later, and we are still together. We are good friends as much as we are romantic partners, and it is far from a textbook romance. We occasionally check in with a couple's counselor and have had our share of epic fights and damn near breakups, but we both choose to stay with each other one day at a time. Will we get to old together and die in each other's arms? Who knows? But that question doesn't concern me. I enjoy my time with Dan today as I did the summer before I met him. Trusting that spirit has my back and is listening to what I need and desire to lead a happy and purposeful life. Natalie Mertz is the creator of Music and She Oracle Deck and other music-inspired goods and content, evoking the good vibrations you find on the dance floor and bringing them into your home and spirit. She lives in Austin, Texas with her partner Dan and their cat, Sunny. Our tarot card pull for today's story is the Ten of Wands, which for this story represents the persistence and long-term effort that Natalie put into waiting for her intention to be met by spirit. And as she mentioned, once her and Dan got together, things had a slow build. It wasn't a fast track. 
much more of a companion soulmate versus karmic. The Ten of Wands really pays homage to Natalie fixing up her apartment and all of the visions of Dan coming before he arrived. The magic here is in Natalie's consistent giving to her own vision. Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Mondays Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Stay with us as we bring you another story. This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living. Back with our second story for today's finale episode. Written by host Imani Quinn, Why I Love Magic. I've always been in love with magic, curious about the unknown, the unseen, and the unexplainable. My mom prepared me well. We had a Ouija board, tarot decks, angel cards. My mom's tea house was even called Fool's Paradise Tea House and Gallery. She was an abstract artist. I was basically born from a magical womb. Quantum really up-leveled the game. I mean, multi-dimensions, others who I don't even know relaying that I am working with them in their dreams. Unexplainable and so rad. So the following are some of the most bizarre, exciting, unexplainable moments of magic in my life. Enjoy. An old friend of mine had a sister pass away before she was born. I didn't know about this sister, which is why when I was in a meditation class with his mother and had visions of being with his family, feeling robbed of my experience, I started thinking to myself, was I adopted? Am I just now finding my family? Is that why I feel so drawn to my friend's mom? Nope, just unity consciousness. When I told my friend of the experience, he said so nonchalantly, yeah, that's probably my sister since my mom had a miscarriage. She would continue to show up in my dreams. The last time she did, she asked me to protect her. Shortly after, a client of mine who knew nothing of this experience told me she had a dream where I came to heal her brother. But I also told her I was caring for my family and took her to a car where I had my sister. Let's just say the car was symbolic and so was the girl. Unity consciousness says we're all connected and it obliterates any reasoning that we may have as humans in a 3D reality. That is magic. I was in Tulum with two friends, and I was calling in an emperor, a romantic partner. That evening, I took us on an adventure to Casa Jaguar. Jaguar was a theme for us. And I met a guy, we'll call him Nick. As soon as I saw him, I knew his type, and I disregarded him. But he came up to me. Not only was he charming, but he also lived in the same city as me, and he was a creative Things ended in Tulum, less than desirable. My trauma came up, my healing came up, Eurocentric beauty standards came up. Upon coming back to LA, I had my friend take me to the ER with extreme pelvis pain. It went away and it didn't come back for a while. Neither did Nick. I went to my reader who told me that Nick and I shared a past life together, karmic ties to be broken and all that jazz. I had a dream about him as well. I saw him at an event with a lady. In the dream, he caught me outside and I said, you don't have to come. You have free will. But he said, we had a soul contract and it must be done. Seven months later, on my birthday, in real life, I wanted to go to a special club members only and through the will of the universe, it came to be. And when I walked out to the pool, who was the first person I saw? Nick, with a girl, just like the type I thought he dated and similar to the one in the dream I had. That night, those pains came back in the pelvis. So upon seeing him at the club members joint, it was a surprise. 
yet also not. Nonetheless, the universe had worked its magic. I still had a necklace that he bought for me when I was in Tulum. I'd been learning to throw things away to release people in the karmic duties that come with. So I let the necklace go. The pains are thus far gone, and so is he. My name is Imani. It means to have faith. It is a daily reminder at the core of vibration and frequency. My birth name is Rachel. My dad named me based on numerology. So yeah, I went and messed that up with new syllables. An old friend of mine dated a Rachel before he knew me. Another old friend of mine dated a Sarah after me, the same name as the wife of one of my exes. And both of Sarah's men's remind me of each other. One of my favorite therapists and readers is named Carolyn, and she is an Aries. My mom's name is Carolyn, and she is an Aries. We are vibration. We carry energy. Who we meet is on purpose, and spirit always wants to show us that. It's magic. A friend of mine and I had drifted apart. We'll call him Sam. For about a month, I was having dreams of him every week. I was seeing signs of him in waking life, and I could feel that he was going to reach out, but he never did. One evening, I had a dream about him. He was in the NFL, and I figured that it was another dimension in the dream because that was a possible path for him in real life, but one he never took. When I woke up, I knew it was time to energetically say goodbye, and those words just kept replaying in my mind. Goodbye. Goodbye. And then a day or so later, I heard from him in real life. He was moving away for a job doing film for the NFL. My goodbye was right on time, like magic. One time I couldn't get a hold of the healer that I work with. It had been weeks. He lives in a different country, so I was worried. I asked a reader that I go to what I should do. I felt like it was a test or a lesson to do with moving through the underworld. I also happened to have a spirit that was trying to communicate with me in my apartment. She instructed me on what to use to help the spirit leave the space and continue on his journey. I did what was asked, and I asked him in return at the doorway if he would please send my healer back to me in return. The next day, I heard from my healer. Magic is what is unseen, and sometimes it gets revealed to us. So as a reader in a quantum oracle, I live for magic every day. And I get to show up in people's lives as magic every day. I get to experience magic in a multidimensional reality for my every day. And it's pretty great. But it's still hard, the not knowing, the uncertainty. And that is when I remember all the possibilities that are happening that are unseen to me. Being able to work through multiple dimensions is so powerful, yet you move nothing with your hands. It makes 3D seem so 1D. I started this podcast because storytelling is powerful in its own right and connects us all. I created this podcast so that mysticism could exist in the world of entertainment in a 3D kind of way. I put this podcast together for my own healing as well as everyone who writes a story and listens. I've got more stories where these came from, and the point is to continue to. And I bet you do too. Keep finding the magic, or better yet, let the magic find you. Our tarot card pull for today's story is the sun. When I was last in Mexico City working with a quantum shamanic healer, he looked at my palm and showed me my sunline. And he said, you have a strong sunline, which means that you have the power to create your own destiny. Another close friend and remarkable healer who also used the nickname, um, he used to nickname me Ra, short for Rachel. He was also the one with the ex-Rachel. And Ra is the Egyptian sun god, the power of creation, our source, and a reminder that all the magic that comes through stories connects us all in such a bigger way. 
Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Monday's Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. That's it, folks. If you enjoyed our guest story, you can catch us fireside with the author on IG Live at Imani Rachel Quinn on Instagram. And if you feel inspired to share your own mystical story, you can share with us on our website at imaniquinn.com at the submission link under Modern Mystic Chronicles Podcast. I hope you enjoyed season one and feel free to come back and relive the magic of each of the stories. Big love, Imani. <laughs>